1: Happiness first, cause if you don't, they won't. Yo yo yo! yo. What up, GYBB? Get your go, get your balls back. WWDD? What would Dante do? The sexual revolution is being podcasting And I am excited We got a special guest Now I know I've said that a thousand times before But this time I really mean it Harry what's up you ready to rock and roll Hey
2: you know damn well I'm ready to rock and roll I'm ready to I'm ready to kick it with all the fly ladies and fellas Is that what kids <laughs> I, are saying nowadays I, I don't know out, Keep probably, on trucking
1: I'm almost sure they're not saying keep on trucking But okay. anyway right. Shout out to Andre Bring Andrews. it back Andre's out in LA doing his thing, doing big things, hoping to trying to get us a career. Um, so we're, we're setting him out as a, as a scout to get a career with us. And shout out to Andre in the building. Uh, we got a special guest in the building. Uh, this young lady, I uh, love her to death. Um, she's really hustling around. We're gonna talk about that. Talk about uh, 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 love on a, in a tiny house and all kinds of stuff. Uh, give it up for D Burnett, y'all. Give it up for D Burnett. What's up, sweetie?
0: Thanks for having me Dante, excited to be here Thanks
1: for doing it, I really appreciate it It's dope, it's dope So, wait, we gotta get into this first right? Because okay. this is this
2: I've only is heard like... about this tiny house thing on You know, like on the internet And sometimes people will go out of their way to buy a tiny house Is this the case to save money? Or what, what's going on? Do you explain this tiny house so, situation?
0: I mean, it goes that like Around 15 years ago I... Started, I was living in a studio apartment with my daughter in LA. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I was like, Ugh. And the neighbors were loud and it was just irritating. And I stumbled upon the concept of a tiny house. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were doing container houses and just tiny living. And I was, it was a freak occurrence that I stumbled upon it while looking for like configurations for a studio apartment. And, uh, and it was just one of the, it was just one of those things at the time that we needed to move into one like that. Right. Um, And I was working at the Hollywood. How old
1: was your daughter at that time?
0: She was 16. Okay. So it was just almost So a lady, she
1: She was almost a lady, right?
0: Yeah. She was 15 and we were both at the time working at the Hollywood Improv. I was managing and she was the box office girl
1: okay and then
0: we wound up in this situation where we needed to move into the studio apartment and it was it was what it was um but we were looking for configurations and i was like oh look at this there's these tiny houses right and i thought how cute right and i was like look they have no neighbors these people live in the woods in a Mm. field right right. this is amazing (laughs) right park anywhere they just drive their house around when they have to move and i thought what a fabulous concept um, now,
1: was this, were you looking at kind of the tiny houses that you hook up to a, a, a like a pickup truck and roll it or were you talking about? Initially, yeah. I also see an encapsulated where they actually, like it's almost like an RV, but it's a, you know, like I've seen one on a school bus and stuff like that.
0: So what I have now is a school bus. We took oh, a 37 foot okay. flat nose school bus and converted it into a tiny home. Um hmm. But looking at it back then, okay. I just liked the thought of being in an air, you know, just being mobile. Uh-huh. I spent years on the road. Um, I traveled all the time. There was always some relative consideration to, shit, I may have to move in six months because work's going to take me here or there. Or I'm paying, you know, $1,500 a month to live in a studio apartment in LA. And mm. I'm there for, you know, housing <laughs> my crap. Right. <laughs> that right, I'm right. not even using it on the road, so it was just like a, it was just kind of a thing that I've always toyed around with, and then uh, <coughs> after my husband and I got married last October, we had really through the whole pandemic and shutdown, talked about how great that would be for the mobility's sake, right? Like right. being able to just go take a job somewhere for four months because mm. that's what it was, or
1: uh-huh.
0: you know whatever, just being mobile.
1: Now, is it difficult to, to find the parking or like to find a place to park or can you pretty much park anywhere you want to park?
0: I mean, I, it's difficult in L.A. Like, you know, do, I, I don't think you'd really want to do that in a city unless you really have it mapped out. But uh-huh. we're self-contained. We have uh-huh. solar. We do uh-huh. compostable in the restroom. Wow. And then we have a 100 gallon fresh freshwater tank with filtration.
1: Now, where do you, you just hook up to a hydrant and? Get the water, or how does that work?
0: I mean, you can go to filling stations. Okay. And fill, but uh, we could also be pumped, you know, parked by a lake and throw a hose in and pump in. Oh, and it, filtered, and it filters because you got to
1: filter. Wow. Yep. That's, wow. so. This, so this depending
0: on where it is. Really is that, cheap
2: now, and this, this is completely, a shit of- completely mobile. You're saying completely mobile.
0: Completely mobile and and completely self-sustaining. So we don't. We could go park in we're we're currently in the middle of the desert Uh and we are fortunate enough because we wanted to make a few changes to the bus i had originally put in like a convection oven and did an induction burner we had a lot of electric stuff running right right um i was really i I was first at first really funky about propane i just thought i was like i don't want a propane stove that i feel like
2: you're worried it's gonna blow up
0: worry right right um but the more that we've been on the bus, and I've used propane for other things, mm-hmm. I'm less afraid. Okay. And now I'm like, no, I want that propane range. I want to be able to cook, cook gas because I cook right, and I right. bake. Right. And so I'm like, nope. I want to be able to. I want a full kitchen. So now, is your daughter still kind of,
1: with you, or, or?
0: Oh no, my daughter is almost thirty. She works okay. at Netflix. Okay. <laughs> dope. 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 Um. Oh, so how long? Yeah, did the, but,
1: how long was the transition between? When she was 15 and you actually doing the bus and did you, what 15 was 15 years.
0: <laughs> when I did mean, you we had...
1: finish the bus?
0: Oh, we just started that in February and uh, moved into it in April. Uh-huh. And then uh, decided to make modifications to allow us to go fully off-grid like the solar. Wow. Which my husband is actually picking up and installing today.
2: Okay. which is why
0: um, I'm I'm dialing in from a beautiful hotel in, hotel, using that term loosely, uh-huh. in Barstow.
1: Okay. All <laughs> right. So the, um, and what about internet and stuff like that? Do you have a, a disc on top or what?
0: So currently T-Mobile offers a really good
1: yeah.
0: mobile solution. Yeah, yeah. And that's worked so far, but we mm-hmm. haven't been to places that, don't have
1: internet, um,
0: reasonable access, or really good service through T-Mobile.
1: Okay, okay. Now that the since you started doing the solar now, right? Because it's it's weird because initially I remember initially, you know, the solar panels were really kind of bulky and they weren't really efficient, and now they have things are so much better now. You know.
0: Mhm. So yeah. now we'll wind up with, um, and with what we will have on the rooftop of the bus because it's a 37-foot school bus. Right. So what we'll have, and that gives us about 210 square feet of living space inside. Wow. Okay. Um, We've got underneath storage and we've built a platform on the back for, you know, where we house like the jet where we can load, you know, we'll we'll carry the barbecue grill, we'll carry our outside stuff. So it's basically like our garage is on the back.
2: Oh, on a that's
0: platform. So, oh, that's so and dope. I kept my car.
1: Mm, oh, so you do? I you, kept
0: a. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can't so commute dope. in places and drive without it.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's so dope. Because, I mean, how long have, how you been in comedy for a long time? How long have you been in, involved in comedy?
0: Well, I, I opened the San Jose Improv in 2000.
1: Oh, okay. So, like 20. And
0: I worked with the Improv Comedy Clubs for 13 years. Mm-hmm. um i worked for briefly for a ticketing company that was established in 2009 and then um i left in 2000 almost 2013 when they were acquired by a different company and you, didn't you work the ice house for a while or no i was the last booker at the ice house before the, the shutdown oh wow um so i was booking there i booked john levitt's comedy club for the last year that it was open uh-huh i've produced shows off and on i was ralphie may's tour manager
1: right back in 2006. you You up to your neck in this in
2: this (laughs) was.
0: yeah and being in the comedy
2: business that long is what drives you to living in a tiny house
0: You know, honestly, a big motivator was being able to be on the produce road shows independently and literally be on the road.
2: That's awesome. Wow. It really is awesome to be able to I like mean, just take off and go anywhere. Yeah.
0: Well, so what- you know, my entire comedy career, my doors have always been open to comics. I used to do Sunday suppers every Sunday, whether I was living in a crappy little studio apartment or a big house
1: right right just, I would just for comics to come eat and
0: just oh, tell them come eat
1: yeah that's, that's really amazing that's really you know? awesome I ain't gonna lie D. I mean we, we haven't you know hung out uh, and stuff like that but uh, comics have such a great when you name you, your name comes up there's such a great you know loving kind of uh, amora- admiration for you and just in general just you know, especially in a business where there's so many shitty people, you know, a lot. Yeah.
0: Lots of shitty. That adoration is mutual though, because I feel like it's the most underrated, underappreciated, difficult art form on the planet. Yeah. And I'm a purist when it comes to to stand up. You know, yeah. When they say I do so, I do a little sketch or I want to be an actor. Well, go do those things, but don't discredit that. Stand yeah. its own
1: thing. I uh, love you. You're, you're a woman after my heart. Yeah. It's just...
0: <laughs> welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
2: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: This, who's your who's your, your name your three all-time favorites
0: um well i was exposed to stand up very very small so i'd have to say uh from being very tiny red fox and steve martin really
2: wow two wow. very
0: different acts but, yeah yeah uh, yeah getting a little older I, I i listened to everything george carlin did lenny bruce
1: uh-huh. um, you are a purist huh <laughs> yeah yeah
0: and then, you know, my my favorite, I I would just absorb stand up in any way that I could. I had yeah. a fake ID at 15, yeah. not to go out and drink, but just to get into the comedy club.
1: Now, what, what made you so, I mean, what brought you, like, what was the thing that just that you loved about it? I mean, you know.
0: I, I think there was always just such a, everybody in my family has always had a just a crazy good sense of humor about everything. Right. Uh and we were raised that if, if, you know, you weren't being picked on and if everybody wasn't talking, they shit, don't like you. Was, yeah, they don't I mean, like, probably yeah. don't like you, you yeah, know? So, yeah. And um, my dad was wonderfully, wonderfully funny all the time. And he was a musician and just always exposed us to stand up from very young. Yeah. He was like, this is funny. He goes, can you imagine somebody just like being funny with their words all the time and that's their job? Yeah. Wow, just such a yeah. So that is it, funny because I used to you
1: say that because I said uh I used to say like you know Patrice you know he could cut like a like a <laughs> and, and, was, and I would and I always say people I was like if if he don't if he's not making fun of you he don't like you because if he don't like you he don't talk to you he, he hey what's up and he just keeps it moving but he if only way he liked you is if he if he messed with you you know.
0: I didn't and I didn't get that at first because I was so used to comics and I was young I was in my 20s when I started in 2000
1: right right you
0: know so when I was on the road with Ralphie May 2006 yeah. of course one of the people that I was exposed to the most he was doing a lot of the bigger festival types like the Opie and Anthony yeah yeah, yeah. festival yeah. like yeah, was all of that the bigger traveling virus he was yeah, doing Ralphie was on also
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: so, you know, that was like that. I feel like I was on the road with them for six months with that. Yeah. Because yeah. everywhere, every big show that Ralphie had like that, Patrice was on also. Yeah. And of course, you know, I was a tour manager. So I was by the, I was in the green room listening, a fly on the wall Oh God. in some of the most magical circumstances to be around comedy. In my opinion, I feel very blessed that yeah. I was able to be a part of that.
1: People don't even understand that, like, you know, and look, I mean, you are know, talking about, you know, the like I, I started in 2000. So, you know, I, it was a whole like it was like I like that whole tough crowd crew and even, you know, Ralph used to come yeah. in. And but those guys, I don't I, I think that was such a golden age of comedy because of the fact that even though they didn't realize that they were pushing each other. They were pushing each other artistically because they were so vastly different but so, so so very distinct but so very good in the same greg giraldo and patrice and norton and you watch these guys and i really got to watch these guys at a very young age and kind of um uh and, and grow up under that what you talk about those kind of magical moments
0: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I think one of the more underrated comics that came out of that time is Jim Florentine. He's well, far none one of my favorite. Really, and I love, like, I love what he does, and I feel like he was, he was in that, in that generation of comics. Well, too. you know, Jim,
1: Jim came from a lot of the. He he was the best of the the Long Island. <laughs> hacks yeah. do you know what i mean like he was yeah. uh so it's kind of like like tony rock was like a like a chitlin circuit comic but he was <laughs> heads above yeah like he was so much better than those guys that it translated across but I, I i even remember when he started doing comedy as
2: jamming jim uh
1: uh yeah jamming when he was jamming jim was jamming you ever jim seen, have you ever seen that headshot where he's got like the white snake hair. Yes, yes. oh my god it's oh, phenomenal are
0: you
2: me? and it is jim, phenomenal
1: jim was jim was here's when I really kind of fell in love with jim you jim when jim roast whew, oh. oh he's so oh he's so mean and so that's it's a like, beautiful
0: <laughs> that's oh, delicious. When, yeah when he oh, yeah, like,
1: yeah. Oh my God! It's people now. Here's a funny thing that I find this, and uh, um, do you do you know you know Candy?
2: Candy Which...
1: Claire. Candy Claire. She was working with New York Comedy Club, and then she just moved out to L.A. and and stuff. I don't know. You know... I
0: have not had a chance to work with her. Uh huh. But the name. Okay. Like the so, reputation
1: for Caesar. So here's the thing. So so the thing is that Candy Candy worked. She worked stand-up a lot, right? And she was hanging out with us, right? So here's here's the big question. You hang out with these guys, maybe some of the most, the funniest and the most, the smartest and the the most creative people you ever. Like, just how do you get, because her biggest problem is, how does she, she can't, she has such a problem dating squares because she compares the, t- you know what I'm saying? When you talk about those magical moments, oh. like how do you bridge that?
0: Well, you know, I, it, I got married last October. Okay. Um, and my husband, I've known him since high school. Okay. He lived in Washington for the last, you know, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Worked on, uh, worked in a, at a paper mill okay. in Washington, was a union paper mill worker. 20 years.
1: So the a regular dude, but just a, a good dude. Just a...
0: So fucking regular, it's obnoxious. <laughs> you don't get more regular than he is. Um, but his sense of humor, his own sense of humor, mm-hmm. and he had never been to a co- a live comedy show before really? I took him.
1: Wow. How long ago? How long ago did you take him?
0: This uh, first one. He when, I, when we first started going out, you know because we kept in touch for years and years Mm -hmm. remotely just we were friends in high you know we knew each other in high school we just kind of kept in touch through social media whatever and um circumstances just allowed us to connect in 2018 in person had zero expectation of anything romantic happening he was Mm -hmm. just coming down for a vacation from washington Mm -hmm. right and um as you often do (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> well, I took a bit, you know, I lived, was living in Long Beach and it was not uncommon for friends from out of the area. That's happened to me for the last 20 years in LA. Yeah. If I was living in LA, hey, I'm finally going to make it to LA. Can I come to a show? Can I Can I come to a show? And I happened to be working with the Rec Room in Huntington Beach. Okay. Great club. Loved that club. So I was yeah. working with the Rec Room and Dan Cummings was the comic that weekend that weekend that he came down and so his very first live comedy experience Uh was dan cummings okay and just in conversation we would always make marty and i would always just make each other laugh we could laugh at anything
1: right right. which is
0: which is important anyway but um what he laughed at during the show
1: you were like okay this guy i had
0: heart like it was like little hearts and birds (laughs) you know i was like that's and I love that he's not in the industry. Right. He right. has respect for it. He doesn't understand it. Um, when you say he, he doesn't tra- understand it, what do you mean? Because there's times that he just doesn't understand. He's like, I get it, but it's just so far from normal.
1: Like me- meaning, like it. I don't. I'm. I mean, I. I mean, you know, I mean, I've been doing it twenty, so it's hard for me to even perceive. Normality? Well, he
0: doesn't understand like during a show, if you have a set time, why would you ever be late to that if that's your job?
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. That's oh, yeah a, you well, like, a that's a union you know guy. Like, there's that's a union that kind of... paper mill dude. That's, yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah, so there's yeah. just little things where he's like, I don't get that. And I and I try and tell him that there's a mix of personal and business that's unlike what you deal with in real out there nine to five punching a clock type of business you know um and it's funny because he'll tell me he told me one time he goes wasn't that your comic your friend he goes you're always really nice to him I said I'm nice to everybody but no I don't know I I know him as well as you do
1: right (laughs) right 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 right. He,
0: he comes into the club you know I've never hung out with him outside of the club like it's that's we don't know each other like that. And, and so it's, it's like,
2: just, why would that guy talk trash about you? If you guys are friends,
0: <laughs> I don't oh, understand. No. Don't you like each other? They <laughs> no, don't it's just yeah. <laughs> they don't get it. No, it's just funny. It is funny. You know, it's just, you know I'm going to tell you something. He's he's also through.
1: he's also not wrong. In the sense of one of the one of the obstacles abnormal. Most it's an abnormal of, mo- life. of most comics. That the thing that blocks them from real success, a lot of times it's something as simple as showing up for your spots, not being late. You know, not being late. And and I guess in a sense we give it credence because you almost can't not because it's so rampant. And 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 we, you know, we. But it ain't. It, it's really just. It, he's not wrong. He's he's, he's 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 they're being disrespectful. You know what I mean? One of the things about the COVID that taught me, like, you get to a certain level of, of proficiency. And I didn't realize this that how I was like, ah, I'm not doing that show. I don't, don't want to do that, I, you know? And then when you it's taken away from you and you don't have the ability to get on stage and and do mm-hmm. what we do, I, since I've been back, dude, I'll do a laundromat. I don't give a fuck. Like, get me on stage, you know what I mean? Oh,
0: Yeah. I, you know, even from my perspective, and I'm always, I do, I'm very mindful of keeping uh, that, and I am, and I have to admit, I don't know if maybe it's a downfall now, but I have to admit, there is that part of me that's very old school about, you better put your fucking time in and pay your dues. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, right. but I am. You're right. You well, know, because and, you have, and- it- with the social media and the, and the Instagram
1: and all this, this guys who, and, but when you get those guys, when you, when you, you know, I mean, you, I don't have to tell you, you ran around with, with Ralphie, it, you don't, you cannot cut the mustard unless you put your time in. Oh, and, man. and there was a, you know, when I started, I mean, I started, I was 34 when I started doing comedy. So, but I was 34. Yeah. I had a job with a pension and, and, and But I knew that you had to pay your dues, that you as you shut your mouth and you respect the people. There were younger dudes, young guys who were age-wise younger than me, but older than me in comedy. And I knew what my place was and I knew where I could, where, what I, you know, you, you get a sense. And, and there's such, that's so not the case anymore.
0: Do you know what I mean? Oh, 100% because I, it, and I kind of watched that happen Mm. which i'm sure you did too you watched oh, yeah, yeah. that that tide change
1: yeah you know yeah.
0: where um now all of a sudden uh before somebody used to buy a ticket to a club because it was a comedy club and it didn't matter who was on the bill mm-hmm. ophthalmologist dr strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts
2: Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness.
0: He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Now, people follow a comic. Yeah. Whether they're playing a gas station, an arena, or a yeah. specific club.
1: Right.
0: Because they're kind of curating their own fan base. Right. And that was never a possibility before. Yeah. Before, you know, I mean, I remember the days when internet sales for tickets were hardly a thing. Yeah. In 2000, when I opened the San Jose Improv, I was like, are you kidding me? I have to be there at 5 a.m. What for? Because the phones are going to start ringing. They're doing morning drive time press
2: wow
0: oh okay uh-huh. and then you you know that's a that's a, a whole, big, it's a a big whole thing shuffle now. from you know now some clubs don't even keep a box office they just they're like no go Every, buy them online.
1: yeah they want you, can't remember, <laughs> you can get yeah. them
0: at the website yeah yeah yeah
1: i it's funny i tried to uh i, I was uh I, I was trying to buy food and i you know, I couldn't find the restaurant on 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 Grubhub. So I called them and they were like, it was almost like I could see them going. You want to order to pick up like what?
2: Confused <laughs> and annoyed. Who,
0: who are yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. Are you 96? Do you not have a cell phone? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so like it's so- fucked up their whole day, the system too, in a way. And in a way you have because it's just different now. They're like, what we don't even know how to do that anymore. Yeah. Well, we just yeah. wait for the they piece of paper to print had, out on the thing.
1: They had no idea how to take the order. Like I, I had to literally go to the restaurant and order to take out. And even then, they were like, "You, why Like, why are you here?" You know, it was just like it's, it's insane.
0: Well, you know, every club has that thing where you keep server checkbook. You know, server check checkbooks like right. with the little tablets. Right, right, right. checks. Yeah, and a pen and a calculator and one of the credit card, old school credit card swipers where they sign and you right. have to take all the information out. Right. Um, just in case, power outage or, or everything goes down and you still need to take orders and get orders.
1: Right, 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 right.
0: The cooks and the servers that don't know what standard abbreviations are for shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> are you kidding me?
1: Yeah.
0: I I was... I was like, "Oh yeah," and that was or kids that aren't being taught cursive anymore.
1: Yeah, that, that, even to that extent. In and, yeah, <laughs> to that now, extent. But here, I wanted to say this. So you you meet this guy. He's laughing at the things that probably the cringeworthy stuff. Um, probably because he's a union guy sitting around a bunch of dudes who've been in a paper mill, and they're and they're all. Shitheads and just talking, you know. So there's that. But I, 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 do find that a lot of women, um, initially have a really tough time getting a dude because we, because because of what you're accustom, you're accustomed to men being a. I mean, you grab that mic, you gotta. You, you, I mean, I don't have to tell you. It's you know what direction this is going in, and if you yeah. don't. You ain't letting nobody else know that you have no idea if that's on purpose, and so you find it's men so much regular square dudes are so oh, I you know I don't know could I maybe take you out maybe if something if you're not doing you know what I mean like that that kind of alphaism that you get accustomed to, that it becomes, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I can see it in your eyes. I do.
0: And, you know, I have to say, I'm really, really lucky with my husband. He is, uh, he's definitely, I mean, he's, he was a union mill worker, and he's he's definitely a man.
1: Right, he's a but dude. Yeah.
0: he has, like, he's got a very kind heart. Very compassionate, you know what I mean? Very compassionate. Yeah, yeah. And he's just, it's funny because he's almost old school respectful. Yeah, yeah. So, I, at first... O- opens I the doors,
1: stopped. pulls out the chairs, all of the yeah. work. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, no, you're not paying for that. Like, just, you know, very much opposite of anything I would have right. normally been attra- like normally been into. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and that's... Uh, and it was just bizarre. I think it was because we were really good friends and knew each other from... Mm-hmm. you know from high school that it just made it easy to uh, i think i think his guard wasn't up we were just hanging out at okay. the show do you think we it would have been you think it would have
1: been different if 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 there was intent if it there was an intent but on well, his
0: part um no, I don't think he has... No, he
1: doesn't have another... He's one no gear. Game. It's no gear, right? It's no... It's right. no yeah, right. He's right.
0: got no game like that. Yeah, right, he, right. he does things in a very uh, subtle way where he'll be like, hey, I remember you said you liked this thing that time, and so a box with a card will show up. Right, right. Very quiet, very indescript about stuff. He doesn't go out of his way. He doesn't make a fuss about anything. He's very even keel. Yeah. So... I think one of the, that, I think that's part of the appeal to me is that there's mm-hmm. not that aggression. And I'm very outgoing and I'll make a trucker blush. Yeah. So I don't, you know, so I'm not. Yeah, that's
1: what, I, that was also what I was thinking about is that you've been, in order to survive in the circles you are, you, you, I mean.
2: You have to you're, be
1: tough. You're, you you get a dude 100%. glazing. 100%. You get what I call a dude glazing, you know, and What's interesting even about that is that that scares other men. Wow. Like I always talk to Candy, like Candy, Candy, when I like any relationship problems, we would talk. She would always talk to me. And I was like, you you got to understand, like you you're you're we broke you. You know, we broke you. And now you're like these, you know, insecure sense and not the sensitive because I'm a sensitive dude. I'll do that. Like I remember dating a girl and she said, um, she said, Oh, I didn't know they had peanut butter Oreos, right?
0: Did I go, you? Oh, yeah, they got I go they <laughs> I got
1: I go, they, oh, they got a lot of different uh, she goes, You're kidding me. I go, yeah, they got strawberry and this and that and the other birthday cake, and, right? And she was like, You're kidding me, right? And so, like for maybe a month. I went around and I found every kind of Oreo that they made. So pumpkin variety. variety. (laughs) So to the point where she had to go, babe, stop. No, no more Oreos. Like I have to, I have to get, I have stacks of Oreos. But but anytime I would find another flavor or something, I would go, but I'll, you know, I'll do that just, but kind of like, oh, you like these here. Do you know what I mean? But not like, oh, you know, it wasn't a presentation. It was, I like you, I I want to see you happy. This makes you happy here. You know, where she would literally be like, um, I uh she would go, Oh, I like so and so, and she would go, but don't buy it. Like she would have to because she knew, careful tell what you, not you wish to buy for. yeah. Yeah, be yeah, yeah. What yeah. You wish
2: for. Because yeah, I, if you mention it out loud, it'll come true.
1: It's funny. I'm married now. It's a funny thing. My wife, I lost my headphones, right? And I got these Sennheiser, these really dope headphones because I'm super indulgent. And I lost my headphones and she sent me a picture of that she found them in, you know, a little case, a little a wireless. And she said, uh, I, I, I have your headphones, right? And, and I go like frantic and she goes and I go, thanks. Oh, great. Right. And she goes, uh, because if I don't, if I didn't tell you have them, you will go and buy another pair. Like I will not do without. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I said, "Oh," she goes, "Yeah, I know you'll just go out and buy another one." And I go, and I didn't tell her this, but I, 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 I had already bought another pair, right? So now <laughs> I, have, I have two. But, but you know that it's kind of that. That kind of, and, and so it's one of the things that we, uh, you know, like, this is a relationship podcast, and one of the things is I say real game is no game because there's an authenticity 100%. Of, if you're trying to, you know, I mean, and you know, you know, just like, with it, you know, I talk about comedy and, and you know, like, uh, you know, like we were talking, I was talking to somebody, or we were doing a show earlier, and I was saying how when you do crowd work, there are people who do Contrived crowd work. It's planned. I know what I'm oh, going to say, and 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 there are people who you talk to, and they're doing crowd work and they're listening and talking. It's happening in re- real time. So, and I say this to younger, because I do I do a class every once in a while, and I'll say, stop asking people who has cats. If you're going to do your dumb cat joke do your fucking dumb cat joke. You don't have to, you're not going to connect with them because you have a cat and they, oh, we're cat people. Now I'm going to listen, they're going to listen to you anyway. And the fact that you're being disingenuous as if to connect with them in a way on cats that, okay, now we're both cat people, so I'm going to laugh. It's just, it's so absurd. Whereas when you don't give a fuck about the, I shouldn't say you don't give a fuck about them, but when you're doing what you do, they understand that you're. They will follow you, because you're leading them. And so, mm-hmm. what you're talking about is that he has no game. It's like there's an authenticity of going. You like
2: this.
0: That's the best game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just no game. Just you like it's it. No I want you game to be happy. The best game. Oh, it yeah. comes in the form
2: of sincerity. You know, it just comes in the form of like being honest oh, and yeah. if you care Figure Lending LLC DBA Figure Equal Opportunity Lender NMLS 1717824 Terms and conditions apply visit figure.com for more information For licensing information go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org
0: I I was blown away because I've always had um, you know like I said I used to do Sunday supper every Sunday uh-huh. right. um, I used to uh but you and do I that cuz you as care
2: Like you care you didn't oh, do it as a phony I, thing a networking nah. tool Yeah You do it cuz you're like I want to make sure everyone's taken care of and that People uh, feel that affection and that genuine nature, and they appreciate that. The
0: one thing that I used to get in trouble for at the Hollywood Improv is that they'd be like, "What fucking manager has a two hundred dollar comp bill for food?" I'm like, "The kids were hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody got a hamburger," you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, you know, but that was it was true. They'd come in and I was And they'd like, be hungry.
1: They're really all
0: hungry. I was like I was like, I think these motherfuckers all live in the same studio apartment. Yeah. I was like maybe they're hungry. And that was that was like one of the that was one of the things. I was like, they're looking at each other. And you know those old school cartoons where they're stranded on an island and they yeah. see each other like look, looking like chicken <laughs> i was like yeah i was like um they're looking at each other like that cartoon right yeah. now yeah. maybe i should throw another basket of fries out there and some burgers you know yeah. <laughs> Beat yeah. them. um but i doing that like cooking for them going to the clubs and hanging out and even after working at the clubs, i used to go into hollywood and hit the clubs And I do once or twice a week, and I just make pans and pans of baked goods. Uh And I throw them in like the green room or at the Uh bar or at the server station. Right, right. And I throw them out and I make enough to hit, you know, I do the trifecta, I'd hit the factory and then the (laughs) the improv and then the comedy store. And I would go and I would take the baskets of stuff, you know? Uh Right. And um, any other time I was dating, they I could tell that they'd be annoyed like exes were always like annoyed at any of the attention that I'd give to the comics. yeah there was yeah. always like a certain level of annoyance and I was like well then you know yeah. I'm gonna pick them every time so yeah. know, that, yeah. com- <laughs> that
2: comes from uh just a negative self-esteem and not believing that you deserve it so you start to wonder you don't want any competition because you're worried that you could lose that's why you want to eliminate any possible competition.
1: He, he was talking about these yes. boyfriends who are jealous yeah. of this attention. They, they, I, I don't, it, it, I call it shoplifting the pussy. It's like you, you don't, yeah, you, you, you're trying to sneak.
0: <laughs> a good term. <laughs> you, 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 you,
1: you, you sneaking. You know you don't deserve to be here, but you're here and now. You want to? Everybody get back. Everybody, nobody else. you when the, the reality is somebody who especially a woman with that kind of dude glazing she'll give you it all if you des- if you're deserving of it like yeah yeah but if you're not if you're uh, because if you're saying i'm not worthy and and this is women in general i say this all the time you guys don't understand the empathy of what it is that a woman has an intuitive sense that I that I believe in my in my in my heart and soul that it's genetic. You if you I, I have said this a hundred times. When a woman goes out with a guy, she's going, um, I'd love to go to the Olive Garden with you uh, for bre- free breadsticks and salad. And I hope you don't kill me. Like that is a thought. <laughs> she has to be concerned. Of whether or not you're gonna rape her or murder her, and and women over and over again, largely will choose the breadsticks in the salad. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Hoping that the so the intuitiveness of a woman understanding the disingenuous disingenuousness of men has to be so heightened because right. it could mean your life. Now, you being around yeah. comics even more so. Is there's an intuitiveness that you get from being, and this is what I was saying about how, I mean, your dude got lucky because, I like I've seen so many women around who who, you know, women who are in the business around people, we we break them. You get because you're like, uh you go out on a date and you're like, uh, you know, and he wants to tell you a joke. I got hey, I got a joke, and you're like,
0: dude, I've been many hang, that. I've been hang, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean hanging, I was Ralph, Ralphie May's road manager. There's nothing you're gonna say that's that's funny, and if you do, I'm surprised. But all right, go ahead. You, you know,
0: two that's guys in a bar, too. You know, well, you know, that was the funny thing is that his dry wit in just conversation or observation, or in general observation flows so naturally that I think he doesn't even realize he's being you know, that he is funny sometimes. So awesome. And sometimes I'll laugh and he'll decide I mean he'll Oh yeah, I guess that might have been Construed as funny, yeah. but, you, but he's kind of serious too. Right, he's right, right. Hilarious. right. Which, which
1: makes it even funnier.
0: Makes it funnier. Yeah, the fact oh my that aunt, he's not My aunt and I, who are like the biggest connoisseurs of comedy. Really? The two of us. Oh, oh yeah. So you got going to add that's
1: all into? <laughs>
0: oh, she's a. We must talk. We talk over Snapchat. We send each other the most ridiculous shit all day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, she'll have Pete Holmes became a part of our everyday language accidentally
1: what do you mean Um,
0: well you know in 2017 i took a year off from everything Uh and i went back up to northern california and i stayed with my aunt and helped her uh tend to my grandfather in his final days and then get her the house together afterwards because my Mm -hmm. dad had already passed and Mm -hmm. there weren't other anyone else around to help her with that uh-huh. it was just not there
1: just there wasn't was nobody else yeah
0: no and so i went up i went up and um i took a year off and it was just a. Uh, I i know that her sense of humor she likes cleaner humor okay she just likes cleaner humor. Yeah, um, she can yeah. appreciate something, anti- and she's older. You know, it's my dad's age. Yeah, because it's, a, it's
1: also a, a
0: cultural it's an age, thing. It's a cultural yeah. and an age thing, too. Yeah. You know, she's an older Mexican lady. She's yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, you need that dirty crap. <laughs> you know, <she's> like, <laughs> um, but uh, she appreciates a really well crafted joke. And uh, we were, she didn't want to hear any music. We had just dropped my grandfather off at hospice and we're driving home.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the drive was just, too it was too quiet and neither one of us felt like talking mm-hmm. and i said i can't sit in this silence it's just uh-huh. uncomfortable right um and and it was heavy silence too because of the circumstance and i was like oh my god i want to throw comedy on but i don't i
1: don't want to like who should i put on yeah
0: yeah because i was like you know there's, nobody can slide a dick joke in there or yeah, it's yeah, gonna right. blow this car right 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 and so I put on Pete Holmes impregnated with wonder. Okay. And we cried laughing the whole way home. Right, right. And he has this bit where he talks about, you know, because his humor is very layered and to me, and for, and I prefer blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on the road with Ralphie. Well, right. But Pete's one of my favorites because he's smart about his silliness. Right. If that and makes he's, and he's very
1: comfortable with it. Very he's com- oh he's yeah. comfortable he's goofy and come just cuz fun dad I was,
0: yeah <laughs> I was just saying this
1: see Pete Pete when Pete came and started doing comedy I w- he, I was in the Boston he was barking in front of the Boston and so he's such a big goofball people used to pick on him all the time and I would always stop them from from bullying him I like, "Yo, leave him the fuck alone you know like that but he's so comfortable with his goofiness. But I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead.
0: Oh, no, that's okay. So I I believe it's one of the first bits on that particular album. But he talks about freaking himself out or scaring himself mm. just in his own head. Right. And he's talking about driving for hours alone. And then all of a sudden getting this feeling and reaching behind the seat as if to, you know, Just feel like you feel like something's back there. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, "What happens the day I feel a face?"
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And he goes, "What? You know, then what? Why would I reach back? Like, I'm not a guy that like, yeah, very much like his thing. But that struck such a chord with her that it was, it was just. It was one of the we were crying laughing by the end. I was mm-hmm. laughing, not because I hadn't heard that album 90 times before. But the way it affected her. But the way it affected her, right. just really that was just like how a, it impacted a, a her. How beautiful to Somebody you
2: cared about. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So flash forward to, you know, a couple months later. And I'm working a little, but still, you know, still there at the house with her. And of course, with anything I do, it's late at night. Mm-hmm. And she's not used to having somebody come in late at night. She's lived mm-hmm. alone with my grandfather for 10 years. Right,
1: right. It's night nighttime is for sleeping.
0: Nighttime <laughs> is for sleeping. <laughs> and she is like a lighter sleeper. Mm-hmm. Um, never been married, never had kids. So she's, you know, that's gonna freak, you know, that would freak her out a little bit. Right. So I opened the front door so real quiet as if I were sneaking in past curfew. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> just not to wake her up. And um I hear her yell, I'm feeling a face across the house. (laughs) And I went, it's just me. And so it became a thing Uh where from that bit and from that day, um, anytime I walk in unannounced, she'll go, hi, face. Mm -hmm. I'm back here.
1: Comes with this kind of inside joke. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And And it's just always amazed me what a huge part of, comedy uh what a huge part of our lives our everyday lives good comedy can be right 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 that's just a well-written joke yeah, you know yeah. Yeah, and it yeah. just becomes a part of conversation uh marty catches a lot my husband catches a lot of that right right where he'll laugh and he'll oh, he like, gets hey, it that's like he gets it to the point where he's like hey that's like that bit <laughs> and even when i think he's not listening or doesn't find something particularly funny mm-hmm. he gets that right away
1: yeah
0: and it, that's it's funny because me
1: and me, harry and i have this thing we do you know and this happy we have this thing when we do uh what Pablo Francisco? We we oh, always go right. hold my baby. You hold know my when baby. he is the, hold my, like, here, we go like, <laughs> gonna, hold the girl is gonna yeah. fight no this reason. girl for that. And she goes, <laughs> hold my baby, hold my baby. And we do this all the time, and we fall out because it's like
0: hold my baby.
2: So like it's what those little say. things that bring you joy. It's yeah. those little things. One hundred
0: percent. Yeah, I feel like there's an absence of really good writing like that anymore that for as many comics that are out there with followings and with everything else there's a slight there's uh that they just don't do it like they used to <laughs> you know there's very few I mean, far between. This,
1: yeah, i mean but let's be honest there, there was always far and few between i mean we you yeah. you you were very lucky to be around i think you were around the ones that were great and so your perception was like oh it was all always... these but it, it, it was always... <laughs> but no, they were really few and far it was, there was a whole lot of shit coming I mean when you talk about you talk about like like uh, Jam and Jim his his pool
0: his <laughs> pool
1: was shit yeah the, the, a lot of the bridge and tunnel dudes were shit still are shit You know, um, even if you talk about, you know, I mean, and this is older than 2000, but even if you talk about, you know, people talk about the bastard, you know, like uh, Def Jam and how, but Def Jam was a plethora of so many different styles. Yeah. That when, uh, when, what you call it, when uh, when, uh, Stan Lathan kind of bastardized it with Comic View yeah it, it became a thing where like i i went out to canada and the dudes had got out in canada they had gotten the def jam tapes and everybody was doing def Jam stuff i mean they were canadian the jam? it was we're
2: gonna be shopping eh
1: we're
2: be shopping eh I called my wife up. I said we were at. She said, I'm shopping. eh?" (laughs) She was like, I
0: have a soft spot for Canadian comics. I love that.
2: Canadians are great. I love Canadians. I just love the idea of Canadian Def Jam. (laughs) Yeah, but you you see this Calgary Flames game. Eh, what the (laughs) fuck they doing? (laughs) Y'all play too much.
1: Yeah, it was like you ladies have to wash your private parts. Eh? Yeah. If you want us to eat it, (laughs) you got to wash it eh so- i i ain't afraid
2: <laughs> of you motherfuckers
1: <laughs> so it's, it's uh, but, you, but if you really think about it there were these there were a lot there was always special people yeah. i think that you've just i i and i and i and I, and I almost get a sense of just you know even talking to you your love for it and and how 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 enlightened and how lucky you feel about being a part of it brought you know those they you became kind of the moth to the flame you know what I mean because you were open to kind of seeing these people these really creative and special people and then and and they came to you because you just you know because you were the yeah let yeah I fuck with her you know what I mean and so they they really but it's just it's an interesting thing it's like you know we don't want to do the um You know, we don't, you don't want to do the, you know, back in the days, you know, like I might, like my dad used to go, my dad used to go, you know, with this hippity hop and this boogity boo. (laughs)
0: Stop it. (laughs) I mean, my dad was really open. Like even, even hearing, uh, 2000, when was it? 2000, probably 2000, 2000, 2001. Uh Um, I brought him into the improv in San Jose right. to see Gabriel Iglesias. Okay. Because my dad's very, um, you know, he's very straight born and raised Mexican in San Jose. Okay. You know? Okay. All right.
1: So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: And so, um, Raiders fan and everything. Uh, yeah. So, it's just funny to me because he came and uh, out of all, he loved Gabriel, but he loved Felipe. Mm hmm. He was like he just sounds like he said he sounds like family
1: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) like and i just and i and it was just funny to me that he caught because that was they were all very young in it then
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: you know gabe was headlining and definitely selling out but it was i still feel like that was early for him
1: yeah yeah
0: um and definitely for felipe and i think Martine was hosting at the time so like Yeah. It it, it's just weird that he saw it and he was like, he's gonna be really, really big. Yeah. And I'm glad he got to see him win last comic standing.
1: Right, right, right,
0: right. Like (laughs) that was like, I think, yeah. I think that was like right the year before he passed. So I was like, I was so glad he got to see that because he was like, he really he's making it. Like he was happy for that. And he and I like that he kept an open mind and then everything didn't have to be Red Fox or Lenny Bruce or, you know, or George Carlin, like he was open-minded to listen to all of it. And he loved it. Um, I still love watching open mics and seeing that one, even if I sat through 50 terrible ones where I'm like (laughs) my watching little pieces of my soul fly away. (laughs) But you see that one and it brings it all back and like that. You know, I I always said, you
1: know, I always said that about, uh, Schultz.
0: Andrew oh. Schultz.
1: I when I saw him, when I first saw yeah. him, I was like. In fact, I um,
0: got
1: I got I I introduced him to my managers because he was, because he was a dude like at the time they were um. I don't know if you remember the Village Lantern. You remember the Village Lantern? It was like yeah. a, a little spot around on Bleeker. He 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 worked at like he did a show. And he produced and barked. Three years he barked that room, and just worked in that room. And I remember seeing him early on, and I and I think what because the guys who were on the stand, now, uh, you know, Kimowitz and them, signed him because they had signed me, and I, and I introduced him. But it was like he was one of the dudes that I was like, yeah, that that dude, you know. If but you also see a guy, you also see guys who have that. And then they get to like a ceiling and they never punch through that.
0: You know what I mean? Like where you mostly you see- when I see that it's fear and ego. It's, it's what fear, fear and ego. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a deadly combination for somebody that really has true talent. I think it stumps, it stumps them most of the time.
1: Wow. That's amazing. Um, We're going to, can we, can you hang out for a little bit? We're going to do something for the behind the wall with the Patreon, please.
0: You got it.
1: Thank you, I will sweetie. absolutely you out. the best. Out. You're the absolutely best. Um anything you want to plug? Anything? so you're producing shows now, right? You're producing independent. I'm working
0: I'm working and producing shows. My primary gig that I'm that I'm really super excited about. I'm working with Tixer, which is a ticketing platform and launching their comedy division. Okay. Dope. Which dope. I started pri- prior to the pandemic, but um just what a is, really. What's, cool the, platform. what's the
1: what's the what's the I mean what's the format of it what what is the format
0: it is such a cool platform it just it does everything it captures it captures data Mm -hmm. and the clubs and the producers own their own data okay it's not there it it, i think it's changing the landscape of how shows and clubs can market Mm -hmm. evening the play evening evening out the playing field a little bit and uh just the technology it's pretty flawless and i'm kind of into that i'm kind of a geek with technology anyway but mm-hmm. i love the possibility of what it can do for artists for clubs for producers across the board
1: so dope that's dope any yeah. uh, social media any where they can get you whatever
0: at deeper for literally everything facebook oh. instagram twitter so dope. harry talk to me
2: uh, you can see all my stand up uh, on my YouTube channel at Harry Turjanian and all my social media at Harry Turjanian and uh, check out. Follow us over uh, the Patreon. We're talking about some cool stuff over there. Uh, Patreon.com slash Manschool202. It helps us keep this show going and uh, it helps us keep giving you this uh, advice about life and ladies and everything in between, man. Uh,
1: Andre D. Thompson. He's uh, Andre. Uh, he's also. One of the co-hosts he's out in uh in la doing uh new faces now funny dude um so just want to plug him real quick all of my stuff just google me dante nero i've been around you can find me uh instagram the dante nero don't forget the patreon also the, the relationship stuff one-on-one consultations dante nero.com click on consult and you can book time with me if you got a problem or whatever uh G-Y-B-B, get your balls back wwdd what would dante do to sexual Revolution is being podcasted. Um, I love y'all, man. We are out.